Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I am one of two hosts today. The other host joining me is Daniel Sun. Yo, guys, what's up? So I'm sure many of you are wondering where Donnie and Kate are at. They are still in quarantine with the coronavirus. As you can tell, I sound a whole lot better than last week. So I'm fully recovered from whatever I had. Dan, of course, you're healthy as a horse. (laughs) (laughs) So far, we're all good here at the studio. Anyways, uh, today is Theories Thursday. It's exciting. But before we hop into it, Of course, we always got to do this quick announcement. If this is your first time listening, I just want to let you know that we don't run any ads on this show and we don't take any money from corporations. So if you would like to help us out, you can leave us a written review on iTunes and that would help us tremendously. If you don't want to leave one though, that's fine. There's no pressure. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also, if you would like to reach out to us, you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or you can go to our website, which is theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and there you can click the contact button and you will find all of our email addresses. Also on our site, there's a voicemail button. You can click that and you can leave us a voicemail and we'll listen to it. And if your voicemails are too long, you can send them through email. Yes, that you could just uh, record your voicemail with your phone or whatever and uh, shoot it to us in an email if you want longer than 90 seconds because on our website it only allows 90 seconds. Anyways, so like I said, Daniel, today's Thoughts and Theories Thursday. Yes, it is. So how the episode will work today is we'll do my topic first and then we'll do Dan's topic and then we'll have a general discussion topic at the end And then we'll roll into reviews and ratings and all that good stuff. So are you ready for Mel's Hole? Because that's what my topic is. I am so ready to explore Mel's Hole. All right. So my topic today, it starts off with an individual named Art Bell. Of course, Daniel, you know who Art Bell is, right? Yes. And for those who don't know who Art Bell is, let me explain them real quick. So Art Bell was a radio broadcaster in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And he hosted a radio show called Coast to Coast AM. Now, this radio show, Coast to Coast AM, was extremely popular in like the conspiracy and paranormal community. He talked about aliens. He talked about pretty much everything that we discuss as well. Also, I know Coast to Coast AM is still going right now, but I think the host is George Norrie because Art Bell passed away a while back. So anyways, that's, that's just a little FYI. But this Mel's Hole starts off with... Art Bell and Coast to Coast AM. So in 1997, Art Bell was doing an episode of Coast to Coast AM when he received a fax from a man named Mel Waters. This Mel guy said in the fax that he had a very strange and eerie nine foot wide bottomless hole located on his property in Washington State. The fax went into more detail about this hole. And I figured instead of me reading it out to you, how about let's just listen to the original clip of Art Bell receiving the facts and reading it out. 
So we're going to play that clip right now. Dear Art, I'm writing to you to see if I can get some help from you or your vast listening audience. I live in rural eastern Washington near the Manastash Ridge. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly now. On our property, there is a hole. Like the previous owners and the owners before them, we've been throwing our trash into the hole. Apparently, the hole has been there as long as anyone can remember. At first, I thought it was an ancient well. Anyway, the hole is nine feet, nine inches in diameter. There is a stone retaining wall around it, and we put a steel door on top to keep anyone from falling into it. As I said earlier, people have been throwing their trash into the well, that's in quotes here, for decades. Furniture, household trash, dead cows, building debris, you name it. The thing is, I noticed the hole never filled up, so I got curious, actually obsessed, began trying to measure the depth of the hole. I emptied three fishing reels of about 1,500 yards of monofilament trying to determine the depth. Soon I was buying fishing line in bulk. So far, I've sunk about 80,000 feet of line into the hole without reaching bottom. There's nothing else particularly strange about it except for two other things. Dogs refuse to get within 100 feet of the hole. Birds won't sit on the retaining wall or metal door. Another strange thing is there's no echo when you yell into the hole. Indeed, I've never heard anything hit bottom when tossed in. We once tossed in an old refrigerator, and we never heard it hit bottom, no crash, splash, or crunch. I hope your listeners can help with possible explanations. Signed, Mel Waters. So, of course, after receiving the facts, Art Bell got in contact with this male guy and got him to call into the show. So during the phone interview, Mel went into more detail about this hole. Now, I want you to keep something in mind as we discuss what Mel was saying. Mel mentioned in this phone call at the very beginning that he was not at home, that he was in a town of Ellensburg, Washington, which was close by. But just keep that in mind. This plays a role later on, okay? Okay. All right. So Mel said during the phone interview that he had bought the property that the hole was located on a few years earlier, and the previous owners had owned that land for over 30 years prior to that. He also said that the neighbors knew of the hole quite well, and that they would come over and regularly dump their garbage in it, but the hole would never fill up. <laughs> Jeez, he's pretty friendly with his neighbors, right? Anyways. So Mel went on to explain that this hole was nine feet wide, that it was round and had a stone retaining wall surrounding it. It also had a metal lid or gate over it, and it was locked to prevent people from falling in it. And then he continued to talk about everything that he sent in the facts, right? And I'm not going to repeat everything because it's exactly the same thing he sent in his facts, like how animals feared the hole how he did the experiments with the fishing line where he dropped over 80,000 feet of fishing line into the hole and it never hit bottom. And how he did that is he tied a weight to the end of the fishing line and then he had a shark, uh, a shark fishing pole because he was a shark fisherman supposedly as well. And he just lowered down line and when he would 
spool it, he would attach another spool to it with fresh line and just keep going. But do you know how many miles 80,000 feet is? It's freaking 15 miles. Damn. That's a lot of fishing line. Anyways, so of course, the listeners on Coast to Coast AM were super intrigued. So some of them started to call in to give Mel ideas for further experiments. Now, a lot of them were stupid, but I'm just going to mention one of them. One guy that called in, <laughs> he actually suggested throwing a live cat into the pit. And his explanation was that if you threw it into the pit, you can listen how long it screamed until it hit the bottom of the pit. And you could calculate the depth of it by that way. <laughs> so it's like, dude, Art got pissed because Art was a, is a huge cat guy. He has multiple cats of him, himself. So he didn't like that suggestion at all. And he got pretty pissed. So he quit taking suggestions after that. And Art had a few ideas of his own. One of them is that he suggested that Mel find a volunteer to be lowered into the pit to report on what was down there. Mel was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. There's unknown dangers in the pit. There could be high temperatures, toxic gases, stuff like that. So he, he wasn't having that. Um, so they continued talking in the interview. And some other things that Mel mentioned uh, during it was that he would uh, jump down the pit if he contracted a terminal illness. Also, he stated that in his will, he has actual instructions that when he passes away to throw his body <laughs> into the pit. So, oh my God. yeah. So that was the entire interview with Mel that night. That that was it. That was all of it. Which I mean it, it's it makes for good entertainment. And you think you yeah. think that would be it and that story's usually in there, right? However, uh this one did not. So, a few months later, Mel contacted Art Bell again and he told him what had happened since he last appeared on Coast to Coast AM a few months back. This is where it gets a little weird. Mel said the day after the phone call with Art Bell that he decided to return back to his property, the one where the hole was located. He said upon reaching the entrance of his land, it was blocked by uniformed people claiming that there had been a plane crash and Mel could not enter the property for the time being. Mel said that he didn't believe him because he didn't see any smoke or any other evidence of a crash. So he tried to call these uniformed people out. And they did not like it at all. They looked at Mel and they said, look, a drug lab could easily be found on your property. So I suggest you turn around and leave. So what did Mel do? Well, he said he threatened them. He said he was going to go to the press. <laughs> look at the balls on him. Uh. It's, it's a risky move. Let's see if it pays off. So these individuals, they ended up getting together and discussing. And then they went back to Mel and they said, look. Let's make a deal. Allow us to lease your property from you for $250,000 a month. Mel, of course, he accepted. That's insane. $250,000 a month for some land? Now, what year was this? This was, let's see, just a few months later after his first phone call in 1997. I mean, that's pretty damn good for that, about that time still. $250K? You best believe it. So anyways, Mel told Art... He said he took the money and he ended up relocating to Australia, that he was actually in Australia, that, uh, that he was in good spirits 
and he is taking a large amount of this money and uh, doing something that he always wanted to do. So if you would have to take a guess, Daniel, and guess what he always wanted to do, what do you think it would be? Now, keep mm. in mind he's in Australia. I hope it's not surf. <laughs> no. He, he built a wombat rescue and research facility. I'm not even joking. A wombat rescue and research facility. Anyways, that was the end of that phone call. Um, yeah, it's, it, that, was, that was a weird phone call. And it doesn't end there. This thing continues to get weirder. This is like the Tiger King before the Tiger King. <laughs> so something that was a little weird here. Um, after that phone call had ended, a couple days later, Art Bell got curious and decided to send a camera crew to Mel's property to actually validate what Mel had been saying. Because all the listeners on Coast to Coast AM at this time were absolutely intrigued by this story and what was going on. And Art basically didn't want to be getting trolled. So he sent his own camera crew there to actually see what was going on. His crew that he sent ended up reporting back that they saw a lot of evidence that there was actually military personnel on that property, which mm, mm. That's, that makes the story more appealing, right? It does. So months pass by, and listeners keep calling in, asking for updates about Mel, and, uh, well, Art, he didn't have any. Now, that was until December of 1999, which it gets insane. So two years later, in December of 1999, Mel called Art Bell back. Oh, man. He told Art the following, that he had returned to the United States to visit family, that the people who he referred to as, quote-unquote, they, that they paid him, as promised, regularly and on time every month between March of 1997 to December of 1999. So he had earned, Dan, in this time frame, over $8.5 million in this Damn. time frame, just leasing his property out. It's insane. I need to go buy some property and dig a fucking hole. <laughs> a really deep one. A really deep one. Yeah. And, you, and you need my help with it, too. <laughs> anyway, so Mel said that he had some bad news. He said earlier that month that the government served him legal papers implicating him as being in violation of building codes on his property and that his land was seized by the U.S. government. Ugh, what a bunch of dicks, you know? So pretty much they're just like, damn, guys, we paid this guy $8.5 million. You know, that's a lot of money just wasted. Like, let's just seize this land from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course they did that. So that, that pretty much seals the deal that they, quote-unquote, they was the U.S. government. At least that's what he said, that they're the ones who are like, hey, let's seize it. Or the people that were there previously, they that were doing these experiments or whatever in the hole, that they were somebody else. And the government said, hey, we got to get in on that action. Let's legally own the land and then kick those people off. So, I mean, I wouldn't be too butthurt about it. I'm already 8.5 million in my bank. Well, uh oh, it gets crazy. So after he told Art that the land was seized by the U.S. government, that was the end of the phone call. And Art was like, shit, I wanted more info. But, of course, that wasn't the end of Mel. A few years later, 
in 2002. So now we're in 2002. So he called Art in 97. He called him in 99. Now it's 2002. Mel called Art Bell again. Mel said that since his last phone call with Art, that a lot of weird things have happened since they spoke last. This seems to be like a recurring thing with Mel, right? You would think he would quit calling Art after a bad shit happened every single time he talked to him. But it's, it's like he can't seem to not stop calling him. Anyways, so Mel explained that he got on a bus and was headed for Olympia, Washington to visit his nephew. That there was an altercation on the bus and the police asked Mel to give a statement. Mel said eh, he refused to give one and uh, instead told the police that he was heading to Olympia to visit his nephew and he was in a hurry. So as the police were questioning him, the bus drove away, which pissed Mel off. And he said, I'm going to be late visiting my nephew. And the police said, well, we could give you a ride in our van. So uh, he accepts the ride, supposedly. He said that was the last thing he remembered of that trip. Mel said that he woke up 12 days later in an alley in San Francisco. He had been badly beaten and all of his back molars were missing. Mel said that there was also evidence that he had been hooked up to an IV. And to top it all off, he said that all of his money, his all his $8.5 million, was missing out of his account. And that his Wombat Rescue and Research Facility had been closed down and dismantled. So, of course, at this point, I mean, I would have been, been skeptical to begin with. But at this point, in the phone call... Uh, many of the listeners of Coast to Coast AM were beginning to get pretty skeptical about the whole story. It had appeared that like Mel's tale just kept getting more and more fantastic and unbelievable by the minute, you know? Yeah. But something happened that pretty much changed, I would say, 90 to 95% of the listeners' views if they were skeptical. So what did Mel tell Art? Well... Mel asked Art if he knew anything about the Terra server. Of course, Art didn't know what the hell a Terra server was or what it was. So Mel explained. He said that the Terra server is basically like a website and it's a public domain of aerial imagery and satellite imagery. So uh, to simplify it, it was basically like the modern day Google Earth back then. Mm -hmm. So you go on there and there's aerial imagery and satellite imagery. So this Terra server site was made available online in December of 1997, eight months after Mel Waters' first interview on Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. At this point in the year 2002, before Google Earth, Mel Waters told Art Bell's audience live on air that his former property had been completely blacked out from public domain imagery. So it had basically been covered up. Of course, the listeners started digging. They found the Terra server that he was talking about, the site. They looked up the imagery, the satellite imagery, showing that the government had indeed blacked out that specific area where Mel's property was. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, Mel's story, it's it, it, his crazy story, didn't seem so crazy after all. And I'm going to show you because I have a picture of the blacked out image. So I'll 
Send that over right uh, now. And I'll attach this image that I just sent to Dan. I'll attach it on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. So you, could, you guys could take a look at it. If you go to Instagram, you'll have to go to our story, uh, story highlights. Or shoot me a direct message if you can't find it and I'll shoot it to you. But this image is basically like an overhead map with an area that's blacked out. Interesting, huh? Yeah. So there's also something else worth noting here. Um, in the call, Mel also said that uh, there was a truck stop where his property was or his ex-property that the government now owned, that it was located next to a truck stop. And Mel said that he went to the truck stop to get some more answers, to talk to the locals and see what had been going on in that area. And um, he actually got some. He said that there was some people there that said that they had seen a black beam of what they can only describe as a black flashlight shooting up into the sky periodically. And he said, well, where did you see this at? They pointed directly in the direction where his land was at or his previous land was at. So he was like, that was, that's odd. So he, he went around and kept asking people and then he came across a couple truckers. He asked them, hey, has there been anything weird in this area that you've seen or done or anything weird at all? I'm trying to find out some more information. And one of the truckers said, well, nothing really odd. Um, I just finished up delivering a huge quantity of fiber optic equipment to a warehouse nearby. Mel was like, warehouse nearby? What warehouse are you talking about? And the trucker explained that there was this new warehouse that had been built and where he said it was built at was right next to Mel's property. And uh, Mel was like, that's weird. And he said, well, who received your shipment? Was it the United States Army or was it the military? Was it government? Who was it? And the trucker said it was a group of Israelis that received the shipment, which meh, is pretty odd. But another trucker that Mel talked to claimed to have delivered large crated instruments from Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in San Francisco and drove it all the way to that same warehouse that the previous trucker had delivered the fiber optic cables to. So, eh, it's weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. But uh, after Mel talked about the truck stop and the new warehouses, he then spoke about a second hole. Yes, Mel had found a second hole. Oh boy, oh boy. And this one, this hole is a lot more entertaining than the first one. It actually has a creature. So, oh yeah, I don't have that much left in my story and then we'll get into some other good stuff. But let me finish this up real quick. So apparently a group of Native Americans in Nevada were listening to Art Bell's Coast to Coast AM, specifically the episode where Mel described his hole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they, de they decided to contact Mel. So Mel said that he had received an email in 2001 from these Native Americans and that they invited him down to the reservation in Nevada. Mel was like, eh, I'm not sure if I really want to go. Native Americans said, look. We have a hole of our own, the same exact one as yours. Mel said, let's go. And so in September of 2001, Mel went down to Nevada to visit them. Upon arrival, the Native Americans immediately took Mel to an area of the land where the other hole was located. They said that this hole had been there at least as long as them and that they had been there since the early 1800s. Oh. 
Yeah, this hole, like Mel's hole, was exactly nine feet wide, but this one had a metal collar around it rather than that stone retaining wall that uh, his had, you know? And um, that this metal lining extended down as far as his eye could see. Um, There was something different about this hole, though, than Mel's hole. This hole had strange sound-canceling properties. For an example, um, if you stuck your head over the hole and you talked, you, you couldn't hear yourself. It would cancel out all noise and all sound made directly above it, which was weird. Um, also, like Mel's hole, uh, animals, of course, were afraid to go near it, so there was no animals around it. So he saw it and he was like, fuck, let's do some experiments. And the Native Americans were like, all right, giddy up, let's, let's do some. So the first experiment they tried was that they uh, decided to lower a bucket of ice down. They got a bucket of freaking ice and lowered it down 1,500 feet into the pit. They kept another bucket up on the top side of the pit as kind of like the control ice. And they waited for that mm. ice on the top of the pit. Once it melted halfway... Then they hoisted the ice back up to see how the two compared. Well, the ice in the pit didn't melt. Um, But it was, in fact, lukewarm. And even stranger, when they picked it up, it remained solid while sitting in their hands. And they couldn't melt it. They tried cooking the ice over a fire pit, and it wouldn't melt. So then they caught the damn thing on fire. And... Instead of like a regular heat producing flame, it turned into like a, a yellow flame, but it wasn't large. It was a, more like a light flicker and it wasn't really hot, which was really weird. They said it was like lukewarm and you could hold it. So, uh, yeah. And uh, Mel said that that bucket of ice continued to burn for months, for months and never went out. And he said on the phone that he presumed that it was still burning at this moment while telling a story on air. So then, of course, Mel continued with the story and said that one Native American wanted to be lowered into the hole himself. And they were like, ah, we, we ain't going to do that. And they were like, hey, let's lower a sheep instead. So this is where it gets freaking odd, if it isn't odd already enough. They ended up strapping this sheep up and... They started to walk towards the hole, and the sheep started screaming and thrashing. It didn't want to go anywhere near it. It started thrashing so bad that they had to knock the sheep out with a piece of wood and put it into a crate. So they put the knocked-out sheep into the crate. They attached a cable to it, and they went to lower it. So they rotated the cage over the pit. And at that moment, the sheep came to and immediately started screaming. But Mel said it was odd. He said once the sheep came to, he could visibly see it scream. But of course, he couldn't hear it because of the, how the hole canceled out all sound, right? Yeah. So they lowered the sheep down 1,500 feet and they waited half an hour. After half an hour, they brought the crate back up. The crate was in normal condition. However, the sheep was dead. But there was no visible marks on the sheep. And there was no blood on the sheep either. So Mel said the natives were like, hey, fuck it, let's cut it open. So Mel was like, okay, go ahead. So they cut open the sheep and uh, 
they noticed that the inside of the sheep had been cooked. And they also noted a strange gel surrounding an enormous tumor growth inside the sheep. So what do you think they did with the tumor? Cut it open? You're right. I thought you were going to say they ate it. But... No. <laughs> so they decided to remove the tumor. They placed it on a table and cut it open. Inside was a fleshy creature that looked like an 18-inch long cross between a fetus and a seal. The creature had flippers like a seal but eyes like a human. It was alive and connected to the tumor with an umbilical cord. <laughs> Okay, so then Mel said the creature then disconnected itself from the umbilical cord, that the thing crawled around on the table, stopped, and then looked up at Mel. Mel then said that he felt compelled to pick it up and put it on the ground. So he picked the creature up and placed it on the ground. And he said that his hands had the goo on them, and he decided to smell it, and he said the goo smelled like ozone. The fuck does ozone smell like? Is that even a smell? Yeah, how would he know what fucking ozone smells like? I don't know. So I'm, all, I'm almost done with this. We're almost done. I'm sorry this has taken so long. I should have condensed it more. It's just so much freaking stuff. No, dude, I'm intrigued by this. I wonder what the hell that creature is. So Mel placed the creature from the table onto the ground. And the creature sat on the ground and it stared up at them. <laughs> he said they sat there, him and the Native Americans, uh, sat there staring at the creature for two hours. That's a long-ass time to be staring at something. Yeah. So after two hours, the creature made its way towards the hole that it got to the edge of it, turned his head around, gave all of them a slow nod, and then plunged itself into the hole. <laughs> you could come up with a better story, Mel. <sighs> he was it doing so good. turned and nodded at me and <laughs> said, so long. <laughs> so long. Oh, my God. So, of course, he was still on the call, and Mel said that prior to going to Nevada, that he had been diagnosed with a lethal form of cancer, and that the doctors gave him six months to live. But after returning home from Nevada, the cancer was gone. Mel said to Art that he believes this creature healed him, and that was the end of the phone call. But, of course... It wasn't the last of Mel. Oh, my God. Yeah, the dude just keeps coming back. He keeps coming back. All right, this is the last phone call. So this is phone call number five. So three months later, on December 2002, Mel called Art Bell again. And this time, it was an update on the Native American hole. Mel said that he had been in contact with the natives. They told Mel that the creature had returned multiple times, and that they had been in contact with it. The Native Americans told Mel that they had found a way to communicate with the creature, that they spoke to him through one of their boom boxes, a fucking boom box. Anyways, they said the creature warned the natives about the burning ice. It told them that the ice can and would destroy the earth in a very short amount of time. The creature also said that there are intelligent beings on other worlds who anticipate that the human race will destroy itself through a nuclear war and that they plan to move in. 
once we're gone and that they wanted to use this special ice. The creature finally told them that when this special burning ice is discovered in the universe, it is almost always improperly used and it is hunted for by all races in the universe. Mel said that was everything that the Native Americans told him about the creature. And that was that. The interview ended, and uh, nobody has heard from Mel Waters since. Hmm. Very odd. Now, some strange things about this story. Several people have gone out in search of Mel's hole. None of them have succeeded. Some speculate the real reason for the missing section of that image uh, that I sent you, Dan, that we talked mm-hmm. about, was it's actually the Yakima Military Training Center that the government whited out, which I looked it up, and it lines up. That theory does line up. Oh, uh, okay. Another thing worth noting that is I started to find, try to find any proof of this Mel Waters everywhere, like telephone directory, registry of taxpayers, anything of existence that he was a resident in that area. There was nothing. I couldn't find anything, um, which mm, kind of calls into his, the question of his hole even existed. But I'm not saying it doesn't because it is not beyond the realm of possibility for an unknown part of the government to erase evidence, right? It's possible. Yeah. Plausible? Eh. Possible? Absolutely. So, yeah. Anyways, that smells whole. That's crazy. All right. So what did you think about this Mel's hole? What did you think about all of this? It honestly, it all sounded like someone that just wanted to make up something and I guess be talked about, but then with evidence of, oh, the government blocked it out his area, then it matches up. But then finding out that it was a training camp, you said like a training facility. Yeah. Yakima military base. So it just, it just doesn't seem like so believable, especially the sheep part with the other hole (laughs) yeah so as i was researching it something that was odd and i want to get your opinion on it too so which phone call was it was it number two or was it number three uh no it was number four the fourth phone call in 2002 where he said that he was heading to olympia for his nephew and that he ended up Waking up in an alley in San Francisco was badly beaten up, and his back molars were missing. Uh, were missing, and he had evidence of being hooked up to an IV, and that all of his money was gone. <laughs> that dude didn't get kidnapped by the police. That dude was hooked on like smoking meth for twelve days. He went on a binge. He must have, cause like why beat the hell out of him when they could just take the money anyways? Yeah, I, I don't know. He didn't get like a threat, like hey, you need to stop making calls or anything like that. They just went straight to beating his ass and stealing his money. Yeah, it's mm, it, it's hard to believe, you know, even he did present some evidence. It's hard to believe, but it's fun to learn about and it's fun to listen to, you know. So I just thought I would bring that today, the Thoughts and Theories Thursday. Sorry it was so long. I was just super intrigued by it. And I yeah, thought I, was I, had, good. I had to share it with everybody. So that's Mel's Hole. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, so I say let's let's go ahead and move on to uh, to your theory you have today. Oh, boy. This will be way shorter than Mel's hole. Okay, sorry about that. Sorry it was so long. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm hoping that it really piques y'all's interest. Okay. It's something I just put together because, you know, the whole corona outbreak. Oh, boy. It got me to thinking, and then 
you know, I stumbled upon some of this stuff. So, Aaron. Okay. The name I'm about to say will bring back fond memories of our first days of gaming together. Ooh. Okay, let's hear it. Baal. Or as we have said it, Baal. Yes. So great gaming days. The game Diablo 2, Baal was one of the bosses. Mm. And Lord of Destruction. Yes. I'm, f- I'm familiar. So the, the Baal, I think, that I'm going to mention is different from that, but I think the names, you know, they use the names from it for Diablo 2. Okay. So Baal, he's a god worshipped in many ancient Middle Eastern communities, especially among the Canaanites, who apparently considered him a fertility deity and one of the most important gods in the pantheon. And as a Semitic common noun, Baal, in Hebrew, Baal, meant owner or lord. Okay. So, you know, it. I got to searching up about the coronavirus and, you know, I kept hearing about how the National Institute of like Allergy and Infectious Diseases predicts about 100,000 to 200,000 deaths from this virus in the United States alone. Well, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, searching that up, I stumbled upon Baal, the cult of Baal, how the, the temple hell, of Baal. How the hell did you stumble upon that with the coronavirus? Because of the month, the timing of it, pretty much. Okay. So I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong because I have no idea how to say it. I'm calling it Beltane. But I'm going to link how it's supposed to be said, Aaron, if you think you know how to say it. But it's spelled like... Uh, I, have no, I have no idea how to pronounce that. So I'm guessing I, Bialton, like something Bial- like that. Bialton. Bialton. Yeah. But it looks like Beltane. You're right. Yeah. All right. That and then April 19th is a special day for the Illuminatis. That's right. I'm bringing the Illuminatis into this. Uh-oh. So April 19th is the start of what they call the blood sacrifice to the beast. It's April 19th and it lasts through May 1st. So it's like a 13-day ritual of sacrifices. Oh, fuck. Dude, and, so, go ahead. Sorry. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Woo. Which uh, May 1st is pretty much known as May Day, but also Beltane or Bialtan or whatever. May Day is pretty much what it's called in other parts of the world. But in wherever it originated, I'm not sure about it. But May Day is considered Illuminati's second most sacred day. All right. Okay. So the, the Beltane begins April 30th at sundown and lasts until sunrise on May 1st. Beltane is pretty much the opposite of Halloween on the satanic calendar, from mm. what they say, as Halloween is a time of reaping, while Beltane is a time of rebirth. So now, pretty much May Day is the time of rebirth. From April 19th to May 1st is known as the Feast of Moloch. Oh, Moloch. I'm very familiar with Moloch. Yeah, it is an ancient Canaanite god that is denounced in the Old Testament. Child sacrifices were a key feature of worship for Moloch. And a statue of this deity is set up somewhere that we've talked about. Do you know where? Um, it's not at the Denver International Airport. Thank Illuminati's. Let's see. Bohemian Grove. Correct. A statue of this deity is set up in Bohemian Grove. Oh, yeah. So we've already talked about how much crazy shit happens there. Oh, yeah. So it's weird that you mentioned the April 18th or 19th, right? The May 1st? Because yeah. that's when it's predicted that the world's going to have the most deaths is in that time frame of this coronavirus. That's right. Is that what connection you're making? Because I can totally dig that connection. So that's like one of the main 
connections I made. But then I dug a little bit more, Aaron, and oh, oh this boy. this here right here is Ooh. this right here I think is gonna blow your fucking mind. Okay. So April nineteenth is the start of the Feast of the Moloch. Now I'm gonna go back in time a little bit. April nineteenth, nineteen ninety three. Do you know what happened on that day? April nineteenth, nineteen ninety three. Is that the Gulf War? No. It is the Waco Massacre. Oh, fu- oh shit. I should have known that. Dude, I was a wee little young boy. <laughs> wee little yep. young boy. Um, I was actually a part of the Branch Davidian compound when I was little. And I actually was taken out of the compound before it was raided by the ATF. And if you aren't familiar with the Branch Davidian compound, it was a cult pretty much by David Koresh. And the ATF and the FBI came and raided it. And they fired first, and they killed a whole bunch of innocent people. So, there you go. Yep. All right. 76 men, women, and children died. Yep. Rest in peace. April 19th, 1995. Guess what happened on that day? It was one day away from 420. That's what I know. Nah. 1995, it was the Oklahoma City bombing. That's right, with Timothy McVeigh. Oh. 168 people were killed. God damn. All right, next one. April 20th, 1999, Columbine High School Massacre. 13 Dude, people the murdered. fuck, Daniel? Yeah. Now, these, these other two, they're a little bit before the 19th. It's April 16th, 2007, the Virginia Tech Massacre. 32 yeah. killed, 17 injured. Was that Korean dude with the two handguns? Yeah. Yeah. Then April 16th, 2013, the Boston Marathon explosions, three killed, 107 injured. But the fact that some of these pretty much massacres happened around the Feast of Moloch, the timing of it. God dang, that makes me want to start looking up dates to see if there's any more stuff that happened around that time. Yeah, so, you know, with hearing about the prediction of deaths that's coming, I think it was in 2016 in New York, the, a temple of Baal was built in New York around the timing of the Feast of the Moloch, of Moloch. Hmm. So it just got me thinking, like, you know, are they, like, these years, were they sacrificing to try to bring back Moloch or Baal? Or, I don't, you said sacrificing to bring them back? Yeah, because May 1st, a.k.a. May Day, was the day of rebirth. This holiday is a time to celebrate fertility, indulgence, the rebirth of spring, and the Sumerian god Baal, Baal. And this is where the name Beltane, Bialtan originates. So you're thinking that, now correct me if I'm wrong, but, and I can totally see this, that there's these events. Do you think that they're carried out by certain individuals that are wanting to do these sacrifices, that they purposely make like the Columbine kids do the shootings? They do some type of MK Ultra to get these people to influence them to do these things during that time frame to appease Moloch or Baal or Baal. I'm not going to say about MK Ultra because I don't know too much about it myself, but I know someone is controlling certain people to do certain things. And this just, I don't know, just the timing of it seems, you know, it's very close. They're pretty much like the ISIS, but for like the spirit world, right? So they're yeah. spirit terrorists. Somewhat, I guess you could say. Because I'm just thinking, you know, all these events before, they killed a lot of people, but I guess they realized it wasn't enough. So, another plague, pandemic. Yeah, the incoming uh, coronavirus. 
And I mean, as of right now, they've lined it up perfectly to where the maximum amount of deaths will occur during that time frame. Because as of right now in the world, we have 858,669 total cases and only 178,000 have recovered. So there's 638,000 active cases and it's going to be crazy within the next couple weeks. Really is. I hope you're wrong, Daniel, but... I, I definitely hope I'm wrong. It's just, it's something I stumbled upon, and I'm just like, oh shit, I gotta talk about this. Yeah, that's, man, that's so good. That's, that was a good oh shit moment when you were telling me all the stuff that happened on it. I, I want to try to see, after we get off this recording, I'm going to see if there's any more stuff. I maybe mention yeah, it I, next week. I started trying to look up some, then I ended up getting distracted. But other than finding out, like, the arches of the temple for Baal... Baal was built in, I think, 2016. Yeah, 16. In New York somewhere. And I think somewhere else as well. Mm. But yeah, it just, it caught my attention with the time timing of it all. Man, that's... So, I mean, it's not a lot of information to, like, prove my theory on it, but I'm hoping it, in, it gets people thinking and for them to throw their theories at us about it. Oh, yeah. If anybody's got any good stuff or they find any other good links to that, for sure shoot them our way. Oh, I would, lo- I would love to hear some more stuff about that. Yeah, because, I mean, this was, this was very interesting, but it, it's definitely fucking scary to think about. Oh, yeah. Because what if, what if they succeed? Oh, well, well they, they are going to succeed. There's no way we can stop this virus. Our time frame for stopping this virus was back in January, early January, when we were talking about it, when there was only, yeah. I think at the time, there was only like 10 or 12 people infected in the United States. And at that point, I say infected, but they were spreading. So there was more like a couple hundred infected in the United States. Then is where they should have locked this thing down. Now, I know we're going to get some backlash and we're going to get people sending us messages saying this virus is fake. I don't know. Started seeing videos coming out of China. Videos of individuals in body bags and just stacked down the hallway. And I was kind of iffy on it because I was like, oh, it's China, right? Well, then I seen when Iran started to get overflown with coronavirus patients, a guy went into a hospital and started filming and showed hundreds of people in body bags. And I was like, ooh, that had me a little worried. Now here recently, did you see that video that came out from New York of the forklift lifting individuals that are dead that are in body bags and putting them into a back of a semi that's refrigerated because they have no more room left in the morgues? No, I did not see that. It is absolutely terrifying, and that is knocking on our door. It's, this, this shit is bad, man. I mean, I know I'm trying to do my part and not go out as much. Yeah, I'm, I'm locked down. I didn't even let my mom come. My mom came over and parked in my driveway, and I said, what are you do? I called her, and I said, what are you doing? She said, oh, I, I came over here, I wanted to visit. I said, I, I love you, but you need to get back in your car, and you need to go home, and you need to quarantine yourself. She's not taking it serious. And it's like, look, you're the most at risk. Supposedly, according to the statistics, you're the most at risk for it being a serious case if you got it. So you need to stay yeah. home. So she's like, oh, okay. But hmm. I know my work is taking it semi-serious. They're screening everybody who comes in. You got to get your temperature taken and all that stuff. So it makes me a little safe, but we're about to get an influx of thousands of people for the next month, which doesn't make me feel safe at all. So no, wish me luck. During I know time. I was supposed to go off to work and I, I decided not to, not yeah. because of the Corona, but 
it adds on to it. No, no, no. it's smart of you not to because they, I knew where you were going for work and I talked to an individual who is out there right now and they tried to get thermometers the other day so they could uh, start taking people's temperature. <laughs> they couldn't even find thermometers. That's how late they waited. So what they're doing is when people coming in for that job or whatever, and these are like thousands of people. Yeah. When they come in, they give them a card and the card says, have you been out of the United States in the last two weeks? And have you been in contact with anybody with a coronavirus? And if they check no on both of those, they're allowed in. It's like, yo, there's already community spread here in the United States. There's a ton of people who already have it. So it's not that rare. You think about how rare it is to encounter a celebrity and look how many celebrities supposedly have it, even though Cardi B says that celebrities are getting paid to say that they have it, which I don't know because it's Cardi yeah. B. But I know my oldest brother, he told me that, you know, for his little daughter, she gets babysat by this old lady that's a nanny for her and all that. And that this last week, her friend from New York was coming down for vacation. Mm-mm. And my oldest brother's just like, are you fucking kidding me? You think I'm going to let my kid come over there while your friend from New York is there? And you think I'm going to let her come back over there? You're, you're dumb. <laughs> exactly. Like, why would you go from New York knowing that this shit is bad? Why would you travel six to eight hours for vacation somewhere? Those are the kind of people right there that if this is a serious virus, like it is, that's what it seems like. Why would you spread it more? Because you could have it. And not show symptoms, but yeah, you, you still be, are a carrier. You could be asymptomatic. Like um, a lot of a lot of the NBA players that got it were asymptomatic. They said, no, oh, well, I just got a sniffle or I don't feel anything at all, but apparently I have the virus. Now that could go into the conspiracy of, well, maybe there's somebody behind this pushing an agenda and they want to scare the population. So they tell these NBA players, hey, tell them they have it when really they don't. So it spreads more of this fear, right? Which, yeah. It's possible, but... Mm. I mean, it's already shut down the NBA, the NHL. It's another no. thing, right? I knew this shit was pretty serious whenever it sh- China quarantined 140 million people on January 25th when we were recording, <clears throat> or January 26th when we were recording that episode. And I was telling people here, and they all looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, oh, you need to start, just stock up just for a couple weeks, just have some extra stuff. You know, it, it may get serious here. Well, now they're calling me up. They're like, how'd you know that? How'd you know that was going to happen? I'm like, I just pay attention sometimes. You yeah, know? you just pay attention. But man, so what's your prediction on how the next month is going to be? But from March 31st to April 30th, what is your prediction of what's going to occur in the United States? Just We'll just do the United States. I mean, I feel like it's going to spread more because people are not staying home. I mean, I get it. You know, like going to the park or like fishing or something like that, but going to somewhere where like the grocery store when you don't really need anything, but you just want to buy something for that night. Freaking spring breakers in Florida on the beach. Did you see that picture? I did. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, you got, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? It's, it's aggravating, but, uh, what's your prediction? What do you think is going to happen over the next few weeks? You're going to think there's going to be a complete lockdown. You think there's going to be martial law. Do you think that it's just going to disappear? And as Trump says, it's going to wash through. Right now where I live, we're at a stay at home order. 
by the governor. That lasts until about early June. That's right, June. Yeah. And literally, like right now, it doesn't really change what we're doing other than like, you know, if you're a essential worker, you go to work. If you're going to go check on someone, it's fine. If you're going out to get groceries or food or stuff like that, that's fine. But if you're going out just to joyride and try to be social and all that, you will get fined and possibly jail time right now. So if people don't at least try to follow these, they're probably going to do martial law. You know, it's just like, what is it, Italy right now? They're under martial law? Yeah. Because people wouldn't stay inside. If, if you were president, okay, President Dan, what would you do right now to contain this? Oh, man. Honestly, I think it's too late. Hmm. Now, I'm not defending Trump, but everyone's saying that, you know, he wasted time, he didn't act in time, and all that he was too busy playing golf. It's like, he could have prepared better for this, but how do you know it's going to be this bad? How do you know that all these people were, even when told like, oh, if, you know, if you're sick and all that, don't travel anywhere, yet these people still travel? Yeah. My thing with that is now I want to, before I say anything about political stuff, again, for the 200th time, we don't take any political sides on this show. We don't take left. We don't take right. We're for the party of the people, right? So Bigfoot 2020. That's right. Bigfoot 2020. Uh, Chupacabra as the vice president, baby. That's right. Anyways, so uh, I'm a little disappointed. I think there could have been a lot more done. Now hear me out here. Just if you looked at what China was doing, if they're locking down their entire economy and willing to ruin it to contain this virus, number one, that tells you that this shit is serious. Number two, China's not giving out the real numbers. There's no way that there's only 81,000 518 people that had that had a case of this coronavirus and that already 76,052 of them recovered and that there was only 3,305 deaths. So I think right now the United States has way more than China. United States right now has 188,530 cases with 3,889 deaths. So they already have more deaths than China and we've only had 7,251 recovered. We still have 177,000 active cases, and China only has 2,000 active cases. You can't tell me that in, what do they got, like 1.4 billion people, and this has been going on since January, that they have way less cases than we do, unless they do a full-on lockdown, which... <sighs> now, I did he hear from somewhere, I'm not going to say that it is true, but I've heard one state had to stop using tests for the COVID-19 that were made from China because they were not giving an accurate, I guess, positive or negative. Hmm. So all those tests that they received, they couldn't use. Okay. So I don't know if it's totally true, but I did hear that somewhere. It would make sense, right? Yeah. But, hmm. It's interesting. It, it's going to be very interesting to see how the next month plays out. They're estimating 100,000 people dead. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I hope it doesn't happen. My prediction is that at some point in the next two weeks that we're going to be seeing over 100,000 active cases per day. That's just according to math. If you run the formula for exponential growth rate according to how many cases we're getting now, within the two-week period, we'll be starting to see over 100,000 cases a day. But we're never going to see that because... They aren't doing the testing. 
to show those numbers. The true numbers we're seeing are nowhere close to what is actually out there because the only people are being tested is if you're rich, if you are older, or if somehow you get lucky and are able to get tested. Otherwise, they aren't going to test you. So you won't even know if you have it or not. So over the next two weeks, um, we aren't going to see the exponential growth that we should be seeing, but there's going to be a lot more cases, a lot more deaths. Uh, the stock market will plummet eh, about 20, 25% of more. So place your puts in now and uh, set them for recovery back on like the first week of June. I don't think we're going to get to the end of the world Mad Max type scenario, but I think we're going to teeter on the edge of an economic collapse. But I think we'll recover from this. There's going to be a lot of deaths. It's going to be horrifying. But come June, July timeframe, I think things will start slowly going back to normal. I think June or late May will be exactly where we're at right now, as in like social distancing. I think going forward, it's going to constrict. We're going to be locked down to our houses. And, but it, after all the stuff goes away, then we'll be unrestricted and it'll be where it's at right now. But uh, that's all I got to really say about it. So now, what do you think about the stimulus package? <sighs> My God, don't give me fucking started <laughs> on that stimulus package. Dude, it's like they slapped us in the fucking face. Okay. You give all these big corporations giant bailouts, right? You give them billions of dollars and then you turn and look at the little man who's having to front this bill and they say, Okay, we're going to give 50 billion to this airplane company, but you get 20 bucks or here's a dollar and shut the hell up. You know, it's yeah. like, come on now. Supposedly $1,200 check to each person that filed taxes. So if you didn't file your taxes, you don't get it. And if you, I've heard, uh, if you make over 75,000, you won't get a check. So how it works is if you're a single person and you filed head of household, it will go by your 2019 tax filing gross income. If you haven't filed yet, it goes by your 2018 gross income. If you've made over $75,000, it will start, the $1,200 will start declining. I don't know how they calculate that. All the way until you reach 90000 or 99000 And then at 90000 you get absolutely nothing if you made over 90000 Nothing. But uh, if you have a kid, you get $500 a head for each kid. Um, so, yeah. And I think married couples, the earned income is like anything less than 175000 or 150000 Then you get the full $1,200 each. So you'd get $2,400. Yep. And it's getting directly deposited into your, uh, directly deposited into your bank account, or you'll get a check sent to you, whichever way you selected uh, for tax taxes. Refund. Yeah. Now I did hear if you pay child support, don't expect that check. Yeah, you won't get it. <laughs> this hmm, sucks for them. So with them thinking that this is gonna last, say my state governor said to June tenth and all that, twelve hundred dollars is not gonna last that long for rent no. like bills. And a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. Have you seen the unemployment rate? I have not. Have you seen the graph of the... Okay, let me show you something real quick. Show me. There you go, Daniel. So I'm going to link this graph. And if you want to see it, go to our uh, Instagram, social media, wherever. And I'll link this as well. So on that graph that I linked, you don't even have to click the link. It shows you the graph right there. Look at the Damn. claims last week. Look how high that is. 3.3 million unemployment claims. That's insane. That's how many people lost their job. And they think this $1,200 is going to 
last them for the next few months. That tells you, that right there tells you how disconnected the individuals are who wrote this stimulus package, how disconnected they are from the average person, the average American. But that's why you need to vote for Daniel Sun for president and, and Aaron for vice president, 2020. Boom. Actually, we'll do Bigfoot 2020 and Chupacabra Bigfoot 2020. Bigfoot 2020. He knows exactly what you need. That's right. It's crazy what we're headed into. All I can say is just be safe out there. You know, after like anything you do, make sure you wash your hands. You know, the thing that really aggravates me is most people are wearing one set of gloves all day doing all this shit. I, I've watched people go and pick fresh produce with these gloves on, grab the cart, start pushing, and then grab like cases of water and stuff that's been handled by other people. You're probably going to get home and you're going to touch this stuff without, I guess, spraying it down and all that. And it's going to spread all over your house. Yeah. Because this stuff stays, supposedly the, the virus stays alive on objects for like days. Like yeah, a day nine, or something. Nine, nine days is what I read. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I heard it dies after 86 degrees though, so. You know the one thing I did here, and I kind of laugh about it because I just imagine people actually doing it, is they say to take a hair dryer and blow it straight into your nose. No. <laughs> and breathe in. God. <laughs> yes, I heard the same thing. Now, I do have family over in Vietnam still. Yeah, so yes, I'm Vietnamese. I am Asian. We have told you this, but you know, my mother called over there to check on her sister, her sister and her family are doing fine, but they have this little remedy that they use. And I guess it's starting here now, boiling hot water with orange peels. And you breathe that in for about 10, 15 minutes, that steam and the orange peels and stuff. It supposedly helps kill the bacteria of the virus. If you do have it. Damn. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, when they told me that, I was just like, no shit. Orange peels. So now all the orange companies should be paying me because I just like helping them get sales. <laughs> no, we don't advertise on this show, Daniel. <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to have to try that out. Su- sucking some nose or sucking some oranges up my nose holes. Yeah, like you, you bo- put them in a pot of water and you boil the water with it. So it like, guess, mixes into it. Okay. And then you breathe in. I'm going to have to give that a try. Well, um, thank you for your knowledge today, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, I hope it helps. I, I can't say that it works 100%, but, you know, it seems to be helping over there because it's not that bad, it seems like, in Vietnam. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. So that's the end of the episode for today. Um, our reviews, voicemails, shout-outs, and all that good stuff is going to be pushed to next week. But I want to thank everybody for joining us again this week. I apologize my segment was so long, Daniel. Oh, dude, it was very interesting. I was all in that. Thank you. Um, also, if you got any information about Dan's topic and any more stuff like that, please send us a message any way you can, and we'll be ever uh, forever in your debt. All right. So, uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us today and thank you for all the love and support. Stay safe out there. Uh, if you need anybody to talk to, you getting depressed, you're getting down from being quarantined so long, you need anybody to talk to, you need anybody to console you, to hold you, anything seriously. Shoot us a message. Uh, you can find Daniel on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can find all of us if you go to theoriesofthethirdkind.com and go to contact, and you can find all of our individual emails there. You can shoot us an email there, or you can just fill out the message form right there and shoot us a 
message. And we will help you any way that we can. So with that being said, you got any final words, Dan, before I roll us out? I do. I do. I just want to thank all the essential workers out there, nurses, truck drivers, people that work at grocery stores, all those places. Thank you for continuing to work to help out the people that need the help. Yes. Y'all are very much appreciated. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you, non-essential workers, for not going around and spreading shit. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for listening to us and loving us. And we love you right back. So with that's right. With that being said, Dan, you want to roll us out? I sure do. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you're not alone.